The Lord shall give his people the blessing of peace. Ascribe to the Lord, you powers of the heaven, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, ascribe to the Lord the honor due to his name, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters, the God of glory thunders, the Lord is upon the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is mighty in operation. The voice of the Lord is a glorious voice. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedar trees. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord splits the flash of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the oak trees writhe and strips the forest bare. In his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned above the water. The Lord sits enthroned as king forevermore. The Lord shall give strength to his people. The Lord shall give his people the blessing of peace. The Lord shall give his people the blessing of peace. Open our ears, glorious Lord Christ, to hear the music of your voice above the chaos of this world. Open our eyes to see the vision of your glory, for you are our King, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is taken from Acts chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Gospel is written in the third chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke, beginning at verse 15 to 17 and 21 to 22. Glory be to thee, O Lord. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too, and as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. 
With you I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee. The last verse of the psalm is a text. The Lord shall give strength to his people. The Lord shall give his people the blessing of peace. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for these words which promise your strength to your people and a blessing of your peace in our needy world. We pray that you would fulfill those words in our experience this day through Christ our Lord. Amen. The two readings from the epistle and the gospel give us little cameos about baptism and the baptism of Jesus Christ. The first one in Luke chapter 3, the people are waiting expectantly, wondering about John the Baptist. Verse 15. John the Baptist, the one who, from the prophet Isaiah, we think of as the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. God's voice speaking. And the people were expectantly wondering, what did this voice mean? Was it the Christ? Was it the long-awaited Messiah? Cameo 2, the people are being baptized by John, verse 21. But as John said, the point of it is not to give attention to him, but to follow where the signpost is pointing towards the one who is coming, who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. The one who, assuming they overheard the voice from heaven, the one who is called the beloved son of God, the voice of God speaking to his son. Eugene Peterson's The Message puts it like this. My son, I love you. You are marked by my love. You are pride of my life. A little insight into the whole love and life of God. And then the third cameo is the one from Acts 8. After Pentecost... Non-Jews are receiving baptism for the first time. This is a fulfillment of John's promise about Jesus that when they engage with him they can be baptized in the Holy Spirit of Jesus. And so Peter and John come they pray that they may receive the Spirit they place their hands on them and these Samaritan believers receive the Spirit. Three cameos of God at work. At work in John, prophet of the living God. At work in Jesus, the beloved son of God. And at work in, among the Samaritan believers, blessing them with the Holy Spirit. 
How is God at work in the psalm? Where we have seven times the phrase, the voice of God or the voice of the Lord in that middle section that you on the left-hand side read. And 18 times the reference to the Lord God. It's an, uh, an unusual use of words in the psalm. And it begins with that lovely phrase, ascribe to the Lord, you powers of the heaven, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. So God is to be known as the great and the living God. It was 47 years ago that Francis Schaeffer produced his book entitled, He is There and He is Not Silent. It was a kind of answer to a secular world which silenced God. And in many and different ways, he tried to create a community of people in Switzerland and elsewhere in the world who were attentive to the voice of God in Scripture, in Christ, for the everyday world of our life. And of course, it's not just because of uh, our world that we want to think about God speaking. Right the way through the Bible, we have God speaking. Genesis chapter 1 and 2, God speaks and things come into being. Adam drifts out of God's connection and God calls, Adam, where are you? The voice of God comes in Christ. Just think about the things he said to a leper, be clean. To a crippled person, your sins are forgiven. To everybody, come, follow me. And then God's voice in dramatic form on the day of Pentecost, tongues of fire distributing everywhere, the voice of God speaking the praise of God and making the glory of God known to all people. So Psalm 29 has this theme of the voice of God dramatically there. And in verse 9, sorry, the end of verse 8, the climax is that in God's temple, people are awestruck and cry out, glory, glory. God is here in the midst. I wonder how Jesus prayed Psalm 29. When we think of the Psalms, it's often good to think about Jesus using them as his prayer book. I wonder how he looked back to his baptism and the words of the Father speaking to him, my son, I love you. Or I wonder what Mary said to him as he grew up as a young child about what the shepherds had told her about the voice of God from heaven. Glory to God in the highest. Psalm 29 begins with the glory and the strength of God and it ends with this lovely verse the Lord shall give strength to his people. The Lord shall give his people the blessing of peace. Blessing, strength, and peace. And I wonder whether we can ponder that as a gift which God longs to bestow on us as we meet today. Blessing, strength, and peace. Peace amidst whatever life is giving us at the moment strength when we feel weak as God's people blessing 
to remind us it comes from God. And there is this living God who is there and not silent in 2019. And maybe as we pray for each other, we can pray that blessing for each other to be strengthened this week, to know God's blessing and to know his peace. We've had a week of prayer in the church and maybe it's appropriate, particularly after a week of prayer, to have an expectation that the Lord will speak to us and bless us in answer to those prayers. And in the phrase from Luke 3.16, Jesus will be the one who does baptize with his spirit. That is what he does. And therefore we should expect in different ways to be aware of God's presence in the midst. With the Holy Spirit and with fire is how St. Luke describes that baptism. Maybe for us, fire in the scriptures speaks of God's redeeming, God putting right the broken things, burning up the rubbish, renewing. And also, not only God's redeeming, but our repenting, where necessary, turning round and going the other way when the light of God draws attention to things in our lives which are not right and need to be made new. Dot, my wife, uh, her dad was born in the 1920s in Belfast. And at that time in Bangor in Northern Ireland, an evangelist called W.P. Nicholson held great crusades in Belfast, East Belfast. And many of the dock workers attended these crusades And it was a time of extraordinary blessing, which are described in this particular paragraph. One night, the men from the shipyard came in procession, hundreds strong, headed by the vicar. They were in their dungarees and dirt. They didn't go home for their dinner. The women met them and gave them something to eat as they marched and shouted. The church railings got torn up and carried away as they charged for the doors. And the place was crammed like sardines in a tin. They made a collection later to put up new railings before the church and put a tablet on them which read, In memory of the night of the big push, where 259 men decided for Christ. It was a dramatic and unusual occasion when the Holy Spirit did what he was doing and drew attention to the person of Jesus Christ. And it wasn't just a one-off thing, this paragraph from the biography of W.P. Nicholson. There was every evidence that it was God's revival. Hatreds were healed. Shooting was gone. Joy was shouted. Debts long-standing were paid. Restitution was on every hand. Stolen goods were returned. Grudges and bitternesses wiped out. Church members increased, prayer meetings revived, Sunday schools multiplied. Open-air meetings were seen on street corners where shouting and fighting had taken place. The meetings held by those who formerly were the rioters. Truly, the Lord was in our midst, and our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with songs of joy. Dot's dad was always happy to tell the story that so many tools were brought back to the shipyard 
They had to build new sheds to store them in. It was a time of revival of the life of God and the refining of God's fire, renewing, recreating, refocusing. Now maybe that's unusual, but Bishop Stephen Neal, who used to reside at Wycliffe Hall in his retirement, he used to say this, if revival is to come to Wycliffe Hall, and when it does, we shall know, because all library books will be signed out and unsigned books will all come back. I wonder what will be the sign of the Holy Spirit at work here among us. Maybe like in Belfast, neglected relationships attended to. Maybe the Lord will remind us of people with whom we need to be reconciled. Honesty and generosity replacing theft. Not a bad foundation for our considering money next Saturday. Gratitude to God, replacing grumbling, whatever happens in politics at Westminster this week. And maybe a lot more besides. Please God, we may know his presence in our midst when we come to worship. And please God, that presence will go with us as we go into a new week. Blessing, strength and peace. And we can pray that also for each other. Amen.